Hey, Sarasota, it's Bob. So it's been a wonderful grind over the past 18 months. We've had some fabulous guests. We've produced over 150 episodes. and We've had over 10,000 listens from you wonderful folks in the greater Sarasota area. It's been a lot of fun, but also it's been a lot of work. And so we've decided to take a little bit of a break until this fall. When you check out other podcasts, you're going to see that most put out a new episode only once a week. We put out two, so of course that means there's twice the work. A lot of show notes, scheduling, guests, editing, etc., etc., etc. So we've decided to take a little break for the rest of the summer and we will resume this fall. And we'll let you know. But before I sign off, can you do me a little favor? Reach out to us via Facebook, Instagram, or LinkedIn. Drop us a little note. I'd like to know more about what you want to hear when we resume in the next couple of weeks. That'd be a big help because without you, dear listener, we would not exist. As always, thank you for tuning in. Have a wonderful summer, and we'll be back soon where you can listen, learn, and connect. Hello, Sarasota. This is Bob. Just wanted to give you a heads up that Friday, August 12th, we have a special episode with Ron Turner, Supervisor of Elections for Sarasota County. I thought it was important to get him in here at this time because on August 23rd, we have a primary election. So it'll give you an opportunity to hear how elections are conducted in Sarasota County. Also, they're short of poll workers. So if you would like to really get an insight on how local elections are conducted, you can sign up to become a poll worker and earn a couple bucks. Simply go to sarasotavotes.gov, click on that tab, poll workers, and you can sign up for a date and time that works for you. Appreciate it. So on to today's show. I don't know about you, but I often run into people who say Sarasota has incredible artistic talent for such a small city. Today's episode is a prime example of that statement for a rising actor. With big roles and two features like the joyous romantic comedy, Ask Me to Dance, and the tense thriller, Trauma Therapy Psychosis, she is poised to finally accomplish her childhood dreams of making it big in the movie business. Hi, I'm your host, Bob Williams, and I really believe one of the keys to any community is when you listen to each other's stories. It's one of the true roads to the local culture and connects us in a way that cannot be done any other way. In fact, that's why I created the Sarasota Stories podcast. I started so that you could get connected just a little bit deeper in this wonderful community we call home. In each episode, I interview a neighbor of ours who is doing great work and impacting our town in positive ways. So you'll hear from authors and artists, entrepreneurs, civic leaders, and others share how they chose their profession, what they're working on now, and what their plans are for the future. Today, I'm very pleased to welcome actor Courtney Warner. In this episode, Courtney will share one thing most people don't know about her. When she first became interested in the performing arts, her diverse background with credits in nine different art forms, what she was doing recently at the world-famous Cannes Film Festival in France, and much, much more. Thank you for joining us today. Please remember to listen, learn, but most importantly, connect. Actor Courtney Warner, welcome to the Sarasota Stories podcast. Hi, Bob. Thank you for having me. This is great. This is great. Uh, It's a pleasure having you on. You're actually the second friend that I've had on the podcast And uh, just so our listeners will know that we are both members of a private club around here. And that's how I first ran into you and Charlie. But it's really cool having you on the show. And we're going to get into your 
your acting background, your dancing background, your voiceover background and whatnot. But I always start off with my favorite question, which is, what's one thing most people don't know about you? Hmm. Uh, I would have to say in the crypto world, crypto fans out there, I was the first waitress to do the first transaction for Bitcoin to be accepted in a nightclub in New York City. And not to mention, I met my soulmate through all of it. <laughs> and just again, so our listeners, listeners will know, Courtney is married to Charlie Shrim, who is very well known in the crypto space. But I got to ask you, how much was the transaction for? Oh my gosh, I think it was only going for like $10 at the time. <laughs> <laughs> Must have been a cheap drink. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> People did well, yeah. campaign showers with that crypto. <laughs> You should have your own Wikipedia page just on that. That's pretty funny. That's pretty funny. Well, listen, so you have an interesting background. You came from a pretty small town in Pennsylvania. I came from a small town in the Midwest, so we were kind of, I guess, kindred spirits from that uh, perspective. But tell us a little bit about your background and how you got into acting and just, just kind of give us the broad strokes of you know, how you started off and then you got into New York and kind of bring us up to today. Sure. Um, so 20, uh, sorry, 2001 or 2002, I moved to New York City from York, Pennsylvania to pursue dance. And um, I was there for about, I guess, a year until I ran into an agency that ended up signing me called McDonald's Selznick Associates. And that was a dance agency that would send me out on auditions with like Britney Spears, Jennifer Lopez, like just a lot of like commercial dance wow. and stuff like that. So I had some really great experiences with that. And then as I was getting older, uh, the competition, the, the dancers were just very, very young and I just couldn't keep up. So my agent at the time was like, why don't you get into, you know, acting classes? You're very animated. You know, let's see what you can do. You know, I think you could do very well. So I'm like, okay, you know, whatever. I love to talk. I love to, you know, put my emotions out there. That's originally why I became a dancer anyway, is because I love to express emotion without, you know, doing other things without actually right. saying it. Um, and then I took a bunch of acting courses in New York City. I studied with Erica Jensen, Jeff Gaffner, um, just, uh, what's his name? Somebody from Stuart Talent. Like it was a whole bunch of different people. And, uh, and then I ended up just booking a lot on my own. Um, and I had a couple agencies. I was with MMG for a little bit. And then I was with after McDonald's Selznick Associates and I crossed into acting. So MMG was my next agent for a while. And then honestly, I just didn't write, meet the right people. You know, auditions are a dime a dozen, you know, you're literally a needle in a haystack sure. with that. Um, it's usually who, who, you know, or, you know, it, there's a lot that comes into play with just talent, unfortunately. Sure. So I ended up creating my own opportunities and now my husband and I are starting to produce and I also star in them as well. And, um, yeah, so I was a dancer first, then acting, then I did a bunch of feature films. I filmed in Denmark, uh, lived on set and actually acted for a month after Hurricane Sandy, actually. So I was in the middle of nowhere wow. <laughs> on this island called Flato Island. And uh, we literally took a boat to and from set for a month. Wow. It was wild. Yeah. 
That's very cool. That's very, you know, I mean, because what, what strikes me is, you know, we've seen movies about movies of, you know, the bright eyed youngster that takes off for New York or Hollywood and they're going to make it big and whatnot. And I, I think it's just obscenely competitive to be able to get something. And I remember Celine Dion way back when she's, who had, of course, this phenomenal voice in the 90s and 2000s where she really made it big. And she said, you know, really, talent is not enough. And so uh, it just seems to me like you just kind of have to have some hook really to get, you know, uh, to really get a spot in something that's kind of worth your talent and whatnot. But but I guess I'm also curious about the fact, like, when you were a little girl growing up, and this was in, where in Pennsylvania was it? York. York, Yorktown? Yeah, I was yeah. born in Hanover, York, Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania, but then I was raised in York, Pennsylvania. Yeah, so so I mean, do you remember like as a little girl some movie or something that you saw that you know maybe had a dance number in it that you know you got I'm sorry clicking your heels. I mean, dirty dancing was always inspiring to me. That's like my <laughs> number one classic movie ever. Um, no, but actually, we have this funny thing. My mom actually told me this the other day because she was going through stuff in her chest like throughout our years, you know, through life. And she said, do you remember that time that you would sit there at the dinner table and say that you will not eat your peas? And I said. Yeah, because I hate peas. And she's like, well, why don't you eat your peas? And if you don't, you're not going to Hollywood. And I was like, fine, I'll just walk there. <laughs> so that's like a thing that she always brings up to me. And I'm just like, oh, my gosh. Oh, that's pretty funny. Well, I'm a dad of three daughters. And to have Dirty Dancing being the influence in their lives to get into dancing would, would aghast me. But, oh, my, that's pretty funny. Well, that's interesting. So, So you really then took off for was it New York then to really kind of make your make your place in the industry I moved there not knowing anyone um I, my cousin's friend lived there and she offered to just have me stay for the week wow. or whatever and I never went back <laughs> wow so I ended up living with her for a while and then ended up bartending in a couple of places and then acting on the side and dancing on the side going to audition and then going to work at Budokan <laughs> For six years, so I definitely hustled uh, for a while. Was there a was there a because you did some commercials at that time and some some other like you know small gigs and that sort of jazz? How did you actually land land those? Was it through the agencies you were with? Yes, I was with Plaza Seven actually in Philadelphia when I lived in Pennsylvania, which is kind of ironic oh, uh -huh. how that worked. And um, so. It was a national commercial for Snackies Duo. It's a Snackies Duo cup. So there's food on the bottom and there's liquid on top. So you can use it as a tailgating cup or, you know, for children out there, you know, <laughs> cool. cereal in your milk. But um, I played the scientist on that commercial. So that that was that was pretty cool. I have seen that. I've you seen have? That. Pretty, it, 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 yes, I have. I was able to find it on the internet. It's pretty cute. Oh. You look quite nice, by the way. You, you're, you're a good-looking scientist. Yeah. <laughs> it was a green screen. Long blonde hair. It was cool. Yeah, it was cool. So you have um, you've done film mm -hmm. to date. You've done some commercials and theater. You've done some modeling and print, internet, voiceover. You've done television and video. Is there any particular form that comes easier to you or that you prefer? I'd have to say probably film mainly yep. because it's, well, it depends if you're doing a short film or a feature film, short film, you're in and out 
for the day and you have it done and, you know, which is great. And then you still get that experience to be on set, just not as long period of time. And then a feature film is just cool because it just becomes a family for that long period of time that you're on. And, and it really surprises me, even from a producer's perspective and an actor's perspective, that the synergy has to be perfect in every single way. Like the actor has to be good. The, you know, the, the DP has to be good. The lighting has to be good. Like everyone, even like in post editor music, everything has to come together so perfectly in order for a film to succeed. And it's just crazy when you see how deep it goes into the process of how, you know, what you need to have right for it to be a success. I, and I want to get into that in a little bit, little bit later, but I, I have often thought that I, there have been, phenomenal films out there that you saw one or two people that were just mistyped, miscast, right? Mm -hmm. And then there's been some lousy films which just have had some great actors, great actresses and whatnot that just really carried it. So I I find that really fascinating, I guess, from a consumer's perspective. Mm -hmm. But um, so so you say that that really video, or excuse me, um, movies are the ones that appeal to you more than anything. Give us... Give us a behind the scenes look. I mean, because when you go to shoot a scene, it may last, I don't know what, a a few minutes, a few seconds, a few minutes or whatnot. And then you may have an hour or two that you got to wait around for your next, for your next shot. So explain a little bit what that looks like. Uh, Basically, they'll just go in and call your name when it's time for you to go on for your scene. And um, obviously you did your homework and you're going through the lines and you're, choosing your choices and so forth. And I'm literally doing that every second before I go on, just it always has to be fresh, you know? Um, So yeah, you just go on set, you do your thing. And it's just so magical because you just see the story finally come together in front of you for the first time, like visually. And that is just like the most magical thing ever. Like you read a script and you have something probably completely different in your head than what really goes. Sure. And it's just a really nice, pleasant surprise to see that. Can, can you really see it come together on the stage there or on the set? Or do you have, really have to wait for final cut and everything comes out and then you see it and you're like, wow. Um, I mean, there's certain scenes when, you know, somebody delivers very well, then you're like, wow, that, affected me in a way that I didn't even expect to be affected. You know what I mean? So sometimes I surprise myself being on set and working with that person for the first time, you know, cause sometimes you don't get to rehearse with them before. Sure. So um, that's really nice to see that. And then it's like, you're really yep. excited. You're like, Oh my gosh, this is going to be great. <laughs> that's cool. Now with the uh, other actors, is this a, again, I'm just trying to get a sense of what this looks like. Is it, is it kind of like teammates? You're standing around on the sidelines there, and you're chatting about your scenes coming up and getting to know one another. Yeah. Or does that sometimes not? I mean, happen? you have to really be quiet on set. I mean, that's that's very important, like when people are shooting and stuff. But uh, yeah, you're constantly just getting to know each other. Maybe doing a scene with the person before you actually go on and stuff like that. But um, yeah, you're just literally just being a family there and just watching the magic just unravel in front of you. Have you ever read a script and you said, you know, I'm just not feeling it with this one and you just pass on it? Many. <laughs> I only, right. like, I hate to say that, but a lot of people think that a script 
is just excellent right away. And it has to, one, pertain to the audience's specific way. It, I mean, it has to create emotion. It has to make sense when the story comes together. Like, you, can't, you know, the, the sequence has to be right. Like, there's so much that goes into it. You know, I mentioned a little bit earlier about athletes athletes standing around. Um, athletes can actually kind of practice their craft, if you will, mm-hmm. in between games and whatnot. You know, whether it's, you know, their shots or throwing something or staying in shape and whatnot. Yeah. But in your business, it's different because you can have, what, weeks and months maybe in between, you know, big gigs. Yeah. So, I mean, what, what are some things that you do? to try and fill that and really kind of stay on top of your age. I just have a couple coaches that I study with and they get me prepared for the role. Or if I know that I have a movie coming up, I'll go over that scene constantly with them and just keep constantly making different, you know, um, choices and so forth. And, and just really dissecting the scene and, and just constantly staying fresh. And then I also do voiceover as well. So it's like, I'm constantly acting, even though I'm not on camera, I'm right. my voice. So uh, that's always a nice outlet, too, when I'm not physically on camera. So, Courtney, tell us about your latest work. You've done a couple of feature films here recently. One was called Ask Me to Dance, and the other was Trauma Therapy, Psychosis. Yes. Tell us about the Ask Me to Dance movie. That sounds interesting. Ask Me to Dance is a romantic comedy, uh, dance movie, actually. And it's about two people that are unlucky in love that meet a gypsy on the bridge. And they're both told that they're going to meet the love of their life by New Year's Eve. So you find out if they meet each other or what the situation is. But basically, they uh, just go on a bunch of dates and you just see what happens. So that's all I Oh, that's cool. That one. Yeah. That's cool. I, I'd like, I'd want to be the gypsy. Yeah. <laughs> she was cool. Well, good. So, so uh, has that released yet? No, no, it is not. It has not. So, where people might be able to see it when it comes out? Uh, they're seeing theaters and possibly streaming or just streaming. We don't know yet. Okay, so they really have to get it sold and distribution rights and all that sort of jazz. We have distribution agent, but um, we just we need to see what uh, the person that bought it what they're going to do with it. So we can't cool. really put anything cool. out there until the press release comes out. Yeah. Cause I, I do want to get into a little bit more. We talked about some of the behind the scenes things, which we're going to talk about here in a little bit about the Cannes film festival, which you just recently got mm-hmm. back from, but tell us about trauma therapy, psychosis, which is a, a thriller. Yes. So trauma therapy, psychosis is a psychological thriller and that is based on like a Tobin, um, yeah. Well, Tobin Vance is like a, um, oh my God, what's his name? Like the guy that runs all those retreats, Tony Robbins. It's like oh, okay. Tony Robbins. Tony Robbins, yeah. Like everyone's following Tobin Vance is the name of the guy in the movie. And uh, Tom Malloy plays Tobin Vance. And basically it's about five people that go to this retreat. They're literally broken. Like they all have certain problems and they're following Tobin Vance and having him like cure them or whatever. So in this five. Yeah. Yeah. And it was really in Scotland. So you're not going to give us it. You're not going to give us the, uh, what happens then, huh? No, we have to go see it. Not. You gotta go see it. <laughs> <laughs> well, now which, which do you prefer? Do you prefer, what type of genre do you prefer most? I mean, do you like something like ask me to dance or a thriller? You know, it, it's just the both of my characters were fun. Like I played Amy in Ask Me to Dance and I played Lily 
and they were completely two different people. So it was really cool to be able to kind of explore those myself in throughout their characters. So that was like really neat to see how that came together as well. Well, that's cool. What about trauma therapy? Has that been released yet? No, that is in production right now. All right. Well, we will look forward to that. And I will certainly have any links I can find in the show notes and do our best to promote it for you. So we we want we definitely want to get you to Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> and which I guess which is something I, I have often wondered, because I assume that these are all independently made films or indie films, as they're called. And you and Charlie just got back from the Cannes Film Festival in, in uh, France, yes. where there were, are a lot of independent film makers there. Yes. Um, first off, what was, uh, what was Cannes like? And uh, what surprised you most about the festival? Cannes was amazing. And I just want to thank our friend Tom Alloy for giving us that opportunity. Um, that's when we were selling Ask Me to Dance and Trauma Therapy Psychosis. Uh, and along other films as well, because he has a distribution yep. company. So he was selling his films there as well. But anyway, um, so Can was amazing. We got to see Top Gun. We got to see Tom Cruise and Jennifer Connelly and Miles Teller. It was amazing. And the movie was amazing. Uh, and just being in the grand theater like that and just watching it. And they had like a 10-minute tribute to Tom Cruise getting the award before cool. they showed the movie for the first time. And the energy was just wild. It was wild. Cool. I, I saw Top Gun with Jennifer Connelly and I told my wife, who uh, is also a brunette with long brown hair like hers, I said, honey, you got some stiff competition now. <laughs> <laughs> she she was a doll baby, did a very good job in that movie yeah. and whatnot. Yeah. So, but what, I guess, what surprised you most about the festival then? I think what surprised me the most is, well, one, it was nice that COVID wasn't so present <laughs> as it has right. been. Um, so it's really nice to see people's faces and but it was also really wild to just the red carpet event. I've never been on an actual like can red carpet before. So that was like the most exhilarating experience of my life. Um, and then just I was surprised how many parties were going on. And like, oh, I'll bet. it was it was just so much fun. But it was just really nice to see how creative and how the films were just they were all just so unique and it was just a really good experience to be there. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. I've, I my I have a brother who's in the entertainment industry. He provides a lot of musical equipment for traveling uh, bands and Super Bowl and all that sort of jazz. And he said once, kind of like the COVID mandates lifted, he goes, people were ready to party. And his business just absolutely exploded. So I bet you ran into some of that at Cannes as well. Yeah, you definitely. And a lot of business development happens after the screening or after like at a party, that's where you're meeting so many different faces that are just in the industry. And it's just so exhilarating to just be in that energy all the time, just constantly talking TV, film, you know, just, and just having the, the opportunity to just be there was so magical. Well, well so give us, a, give us a sense of the scale of this place. Um, I assume it's the entire town that's taken over. And oh, the then entire, are there the entire world hundreds of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people roll in there? Yeah, there was a lot of people. A lot Interesting. Of people. Interesting. And it was so studio now, and, and independent, obviously. Yeah. So, so now one of the reasons 
that you all went there is, of course, Charlie's involvement with cryptocurrency. And um, he and I actually had Charlie on an earlier episode, or I will have him on an earlier episode. And he shared with me that one of the problems that these producers run into, of course, is getting their projects financed. And so they were looking to the crypto industry to help in that regard. Tell us about some of those discussions and, and kind of like what you learned through all this. Um, it was just, it's nice to see that there's other outlets to get finances to film. And if crypto can be, you know, that answer, it's, it's good to know because it's a little bit more accessible than, you know, it's quicker, it's instantaneous, it's, it's right away on the ledger. So it's like um, you have that liquidity. Um, I, I don't know if Charlie talked to you about Define. Uh, it's yeah. Okay. So they're doing that. So that's another way to kind of change the the game and finance and film. And it's cool. It's, it's, it's really interesting to watch film and crypto people come together, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Because they're both a digital asset anymore. And, and so Courtney mentioned a little bit earlier, DeFi, which is uh, decentralized financing, because uh, in so many industries around the world, finances are controlled by, you know, you know a smaller group of people or, or certain institutions and whatnot. So crypto kind of provides more of an, an, an opportunity, is my understanding, for some of these indie films to be to get made. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, well, that's fascinating. Well, so what were so give us kind of pull back the curtain for us a little bit. It's meeting some of the directors and producers and stuff like that. What are the conversations that they have rather than uh, you actors that you, you found interesting? Just finding cast, um, you know, an independent film and finding cast of obviously the film's going to cost more because you're getting, you know, A-listers or B-listers on there. Um, so it was really interesting to hear, like, one, how the cast comes together and with the casting. And then also like when the, like as soon as you get the script, like when you're reading the script and you're like, okay, you're going to find out who the deep, the director of photographer is. You're going to find out, you know, all these people on this film. And it's, it's really cool to just watch it all. Like I said, all come together. And I don't know, everyone just has their hat that they wear and it's just, it's crazy. It's just, it's a really cool production to like, just watch come together. So. I think that would be cool. I, I I would I would love to go. I never will, but I, I'd still love to go because I will say if you go to Courtney's Facebook page, I've never seen a woman so glammed up like her, looking <laughs> fabulous. She and Charlie both. Thank you. And it's funny when I talked with Charlie, the, there was there was one photograph, or there is one photograph. I don't know if it's Instagram or Facebook, but he's standing there in his tuxedo, looking great. You're behind him. He's looking over his right shoulder with loving eyes at you. And you're, you're of course, looking gorgeous. <laughs> and the first thing that popped into my mind wasn't how gorgeous you guys looked. It's like, this guy doesn't have any gray hair in his beard yet. <laughs> <laughs> Which I'm pretty surprised he doesn't. With all yeah, you all are young I- folks. You are, you're young and you're getting started. That's really cool. That's really cool. <laughs> well, so what, what are you excited about now and looking forward to in the future then? So I'm actually reading a script right now that is uh, getting ready to be greenlit uh, and we are possibly shooting in Alabama. So that's the next project. Um, That's going to be an action drama. And that's all I can tell you right now. (laughs) 
I will say foot movies are my favorite. I like a lot of karate stuff and oh. kicking and everything. You'll be doing that with your dance, with your dance yeah, moves. I don't know about all that. <laughs> <laughs> if they need me to, then yeah, I guess I'll do that too. Oh, that's funny. Well, I, uh, I'm real happy for you, Courtney. And it yeah. seems like you're just building a lot of momentum right now. And you and Charlie are two of my favorite people here in the greater Sarasota area. You guys uh, make a great team. You guys are great. And uh, we expect great things from you in the future. So don't disappoint us, right? Yes, <laughs> I'll try not to. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, if people want to find out more about you, what's the best place to go? Uh, you can do you want me to give my actual handles or... Do you just yeah, well, I I know you're at, let's see, you're at bookcourtney.com is one place. Yes. And uh, <laughs> uh, okay. Facebook, Twitter, IMDb, uh, bookcourtney.com. And then I'm also doing a voiceover for a company called Sea of Reads Media and it's Audio Hopper. And you can do that on Spotify as well and, and hear narrated versions of certain cool. independent media that I do. That's cool. Yeah. Well, Courtney, it's been a pleasure having you on the Sarasota Stories podcast. Thank you so much, and Tom. And I expect for us to do this again in the future because, uh, you know, when you do something, you know, with Tom Cruise in the future, uh, we definitely got to have you. you, I'll be, I'll be, I'll be peanuts. You won't do it with me then. Stop. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, it's a pleasure talking with you. Thank you everybody for listening in. It's been my pleasure. All right. Thank you, Bob. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for stopping by. I sure hope you enjoy listening to our interviews as much as we do providing them. If so, would you do me a little favor? Go to sarasotastories.co and enter in your email. That way you'll get notifications of all upcoming episodes. Also, you can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn. And remember, no matter where you go, to listen, learn, and connect. Connect.